Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Human Octane. If you're the kind of person who pushes the limit, then you've got to check out Human Octane Apparel. Training and racing apparel designed by OCR athletes, and these guys just get it. Everything they make dries lightning fast, has zippered pockets, is abrasion resistant in high contact areas without bulky padding. I've gotten to know these guys, and trust me, they're going to out-innovate the competition when it comes to OCR gear. Check them out at humanoctane.com. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, folks, this is the first time in probably a little bit better than two years that I've actually hosted a live broadcast. You may know that most all of the episodes that I put out in the past have been pre-recorded, gone in, filtered out the crap, got it nice and clean, and put it out there for you to listen to. And this one is unadulterated, and we are going to be taking callers so, by any chance, if you're interested in having a conversation with us, anything to do with obstacle course racing, endurance racing, heart rate specifics, running gait, things like this, things we know a little bit about, we're happy to take your call. And I have my wingman, new co-host, Sean Kahn with us. Sean, say hello to folks. How are you guys doing? Uh, live show, so I'm super excited uh, to speak with you, Rich, and then to speak with the callers and answer any questions uh, regarding to obstacle horse racing running that we can do. So, Well, you know, the thing that really scares the crap out of me whenever do that we do these things is I'm looking at the phone's not ringing. And yes. that's, uh, that's never a good sign. But I'm sure that there are probably people that are looking, listening. And um, I know that there's been some folk that said they are going to call in. So, while we're waiting for them, Sean, we had talked about some of the things that we may discuss in the event that we get into this dead silence, and uh, maybe we can prompt some people to give thought to it. So Absolutely. let's say we go there. What were some of the things that we talked about that you thought might be interesting to discuss? So, you know, obviously, Rich, going into the later part of the season, championship season, whether it be you're racing Tahoe, OCR World Championships, Tough Mudder X. I know this question's on the back of everybody's mind, but from your perspective in terms of coaching your athletes, what you've seen be successful over the years, what would you say in terms of increasing the workload, tapering almost a hybrid for this, you know, big time race season for uh, those respective athletes? All right. So let me better understand the question. Are you asking me what kind of a taper, uh, what kind of training, uh, be more clear for me to, to not sound like a knucklehead when I try to answer your question. Sure. So, you know, OCR season for, for most is a long season, but in most people's mind, this is the part of the season where they put their A races in. And 
for that, uh, what would you say for those people in terms of training protocol? Should they kind of put down the training in terms of dissipate it, lessen it, or should they kind of, this is, should be their best training period for, for this coming, uh, their coming races? All right. So the question comes up a lot in respect to what type of a taper should be going on leading into these long course events at the end of the season. So there's a few, obviously this weekend is Killington and then we've got worlds um, Spartan world championships in Tahoe. And then of course we also have coming up world's toughest mutter championships and all of these being longer events. And when you get into a longer event, then you start to need to start concerning yourself about a taper. How long the taper is and the nature of the taper is always an interesting question because there's, I've seen lots of research on taper and what is typically done for most people is they take about two weeks off prior to their a race where they really, really cut way back on the volume. And typically I've seen where people will cut back as much as 20, 30% of their volume and um, go from there. Um, I think that what I've had a lot of my guys do is cut back on the volume while maintaining shorter, higher intensity work leading right up into the race with possibly maybe one or two days off in the week leading up to the race. So it just depends on the individual, how, the, how well they respond, how well they recover. Some people don't do well with a taper, I've found. I've had some people taper and they, they felt like it ruined the race to cut their volume down. They like to run right up into the event. And so that's a unique set, set of circumstances. But for the most part, um, it really gets back to the individual and what uh, I think is going to work best for them. Looks like you got somebody hot on the horn there. Is that Jack Bauer? That is. What's up, Mr. Bauer? Hey, What's going hey. on? Just uh, glad I can call in. I'm glad you did. Yeah. So I've got a couple questions for you, if you don't mind. I'm going to keep it on the champion, championship season talk. Um, so just wanted your opinion on who your top five for each gender are. And then also just a general question about uh, championship distance. So uh, rumors are going around that it's going to be a little over 16 miles at Tahoe. And that really that's going to be longer than any race so far this year. Um, it really kind of puts people out of contention if they're built for shorter distances um, or that's kind of their specialty. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that, you know, for future years they might want to switch it to something like a super where it's middle ground in between someone who specializes in a, in a sprint versus the longer guys? Or what do you think is fair going forward? Because I know a lot of people, if they're more favorable for the shorter distances, they're probably not too happy to hear that. That's a good question. That's a bunch of good questions. Let's kind of let's kind of deal with the uh, the last question you had first because I think that's the most interesting of all of them. And yeah, go for um, it. all right, so I agree with you, and I think that's probably what you're telling me is you probably um, feel like I feel that the championship shouldn't be at that length of distance. It's too far. Um, I think that uh, you get a better sampling of athletes in the super distance. And I think that they could even spread that out a little further, maybe take it to nine miles, which I think would be a really interesting format. Um, I think that gives a lot of the uh, middle distance athletes a, a better opportunity to show their wares. And I think it also gives uh, some 
even playing field more so to the heavier contenders because clearly, as you know, working with guys like Hunter that are pushing 200 pounds, the further they go in the event, the more difficult the event's going to be for them personally because it becomes totally a function agree. of energy costs, right? Yeah, especially with all that climbing. That's a lot. That's like essentially you're wearing a weight vest going up the mountain if you weigh 40 pounds extra versus the lighter yeah, guy. It's, yeah, it's a lot tougher. So, I mean, clearly if you're going to put money on an athlete, you look at the course, you see it's uh, – what I, what I heard was 16.8 miles, which is a considerable difference. You know, when you've done 15, 14 miles, that's pretty much all you wanted to do, especially if yeah. you're giving it everything you have, right? And yep, the last thing you want is that, that last two miles after you've pretty much trained all season for 14, right? Yep. So clearly yep. it's going to be – go ahead. Oh, I, what I was going to say is it's – if you're in this sport, unless you're doing a stadium race, pretty much every race is going to be 45 minutes plus. So you have to have some running ability, but it's so favored towards like a marathon runner because this is going to take two and a half, three hours for the top guys if it's going to be 16 plus miles. So it, it really does eliminate a good portion of those top contenders for both genders. I, I think that they definitely need to address it in future years. Well, I can think of a couple of guys. So, so it's almost leading towards the answer to your question. Your first question mm-hmm. is, uh, once it was announced that the event is going to be extended to a greater distance, uh, Hobie Call probably smiled and thought, okay, this is a lock for me now. And yep. then you got guys like Mark Battress, who really does much better when he goes longer because mm-hmm. he's lighter, he's more capable at the greater length distances. Um, I think Ryan Atkins is probably not too upset about it. And uh, I would like to go out on a limb and say that Killian's probably not too bummed about it either. So um, I think the shorter distance pros are going to be a little pissed. I know that, you know, between you and I and a fence post, Hunter and I have been working on this. And I was really, quite frankly, surprised when he told me that he wanted to do this race at all. Uh, I didn't see why he would want to do it, but the only reason I'm just putting it out there. The only reason he wants to do this race is because he wants to beat Hobie before Hobie retires and adding a couple miles to this race did not warm his heart. (laughs) So, um, uh, but I got to tell you, we just uh, an hour ago, we finished up a real good training session and uh, we're basically checking his pace relative to energy costs, see kind of how he would be able to fare. And obviously, clearly enough, it's not at altitude, so it's not a fair comparison. But, you know, you do what you can with what you have. And he's in a good place. He's physically capable of throwing down very, very effectively in this distance, I think. And he's not one to to give way easily. So um, to answer your question, I guess, for the men – uh, if I had a bet, I mean, I'm talking about if I had to put money on it, I think I would be leaning towards Hobie. Um, somebody had mentioned, and I think we were quick to forget, the capability of Co- Cody Moat. Uh, yep. I think he'll Absolutely. be on the course. And I think that uh, Mark Battress has a, a, a much better shot at a race like this. And 
Obviously enough, Ryan Atkins, this is kind of in his wheelhouse, so he's going to be a threat. Killian, you said five, and I, I have mm-hmm. to include Hunter um, mm-hmm. because I, I promise you that if anybody makes any mistakes on the mountain and get caught up and lose some time to burpees, that's where Hunter's going to have an opportunity. And I, I have to say that if I haven't seen the course, but if there's a lot of decent descent, this is mm-hmm. also a place where Hunter has a pretty good shot. So, yep. I would, I would also add on hell to that to that list. He's a phenomenal downhill runner, and he lives in Mexico City, which is at altitude. So, I think he's been top ten a couple times there anyway. So, he'd be in my list as well. But yeah, those are the usual suspects. I I can't argue with your list right there. So then the women, um, you got to consider what the deal is with Susanna. Uh, she shows up unannounced, kind of sneaky the way yeah. she does it. No, nobody seems to know what's going on with her, where she's been, what she's doing, because, you know, yep. as Americans, we, you know, we own the world and we don't care what the rest of the world's doing. <laughs> and so we don't hear about her. We don't, we don't know what's going on with her, but she's obviously probably very successful in the European circuit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, last that's what year. did last year. Yeah, hope, hope and, he just kind of showed up and dominated. Zuzana did it last year, so why think anything else like that couldn't happen again? Yeah, well, again, I think that that's certainly something to to think about. And then mm-hmm. uh, Rhea, Rhea Kobel's had a pretty good season. She's racing very well. Um, yep. Nicole Miracle is doing a great job lately. She's been good. Um, Alyssa Howley had, his, had a pretty good year. She's pretty tough. And um, who am I leaving Andy. out? <laughs> Oh, of course, yeah. Lindsay, Lindsay's always a threat, and yep. um, I don't know whether Amelia Boone is racing. Um, you know, if she's racing, she's always a threat. I was really surprised that she's even racing at all right now. But if mm-hmm. I were her, and I'm not clearly, if I were her, I'd be focusing on world's toughest mutter and not allowing this race to get in the middle of it. Um, yep. But then again, I don't yeah, know. It- yeah, it, it, you didn't mention Faye either. It seems like she hasn't been as dominant throughout the year, but she might have just been training through with goals of here's my peak race, this is what I'm really going to be aiming for, and just kind of taking good but not amazing results by her standards throughout the year. And then you think you think this would be her time to shine? Well, look, I love Faye. You know, she's a great athlete, and I've worked with her, and I, I obviously wish her the best. Is she capable of winning? Absolutely. Um, is she in a place where she can win uh, physically, mentally. I don't know. I just haven't talked to her in a while, so I really don't know. But I know Nicole, Nicole Miracle has been throwing down pretty pretty viciously these days. And yep. I like her her strength to weight ratio on the climb. She's done really good on the carries. So um, I, I think that uh, it's something, it, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting race. I think probably the interesting race is going to be among the females. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for the time. I just had one quick last thing. Do you have any dark horses, either gender, that you think are going to surprise some people who might be like, you know, 50th normal, but they might sneak in the top 10 or something, surprise people? Um, well, I got to tell you, I ju- as you're aware, I just picked up VJ Jones. I'm starting to work with him. Had him in the mm-hmm. lab the other day. And VJ is an, am- an amazing, amazing um, athlete. And uh, he's got the horsepower. He's young. I know that he's not really feeling it for 
this particular race. Uh, he's got his sights on 2018. He needs a little time to mature, but I think he's got the strength and the, and the speed and the uh, the lungs to do a good job on this mountain. So he, uh, if I was going to have a dark horse, it would probably be him. Ryan Kent uh, has had a pretty good season towards the tail end of this season. Uh, I love Ryan Kent as well. Don't see him winning, um, but I might see a podium. Who knows? I mean, he's, he's, I'll tell you what, I saw him at the LA stadium race and he just blew apart the field. Now, clearly that's the stadium race has nothing to do with the mountain, but he also had a very successful race on the East coast recently. So uh, he's in a good place too. So it's really hard to say, but um, as far as dark horses on the, on the women's side, top 10, uh, I also coach Laurel Scher. And I don't want to leave her out because uh, she's been doing a pretty good job all season. She's been showing up in the top 10 pretty regularly. And, you know, if, uh, if all goes well, I wouldn't count her out as being in the top 10 either. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks for the time, Richard. And uh, I'll let you take some more callers. Thank you so much. All right. All right. You too, Jack. Thanks. All right. See, let's see what we have here. Um, Got a couple other callers on the line. I don't know who they are yet, but it looks like so, I got a Rich, live mic. I'm sorry. We got a, we got a question um, from one of the callers. Uh, she wants to stay online. Her name's Jessica. So for people that has, have Morton's Neuroma, what would you suggest as the shoe of choice or any running exercise to reduce pain? Uh, she said that around three miles, her toes start hurting, and about six miles, it feels like someone's stabbing her toe. Do I know Jessica? Uh, I didn't get a last name, but I'm I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, the reason I asked is because I have a couple of Jessicas, and I know <laughs> okay. one of them is having a problem with her foot, and she might be coming in under stealth, not wanting to reveal herself. But that's okay. Morton's Neuroma is a real tough one. And as far as shoe, I don't think you really want to get too weird about changing your shoes. I think that part of the problems we have with – Morton's neuroma is shoes to begin with. Um, and so for those that aren't familiar with Morton's neuroma, it's basically like getting a bruise between your second and third metatarsal. And the inflammation kind of pushes out on the bones and it becomes very, very painful. And not uh, taken care of, it can lead to um, eventually having a stress fracture. It's just an ugly, ugly path. So you want to be really, really careful with that type of thing. But um, if, if they're looking for me to say, yeah, go into a cushier shoe to protect your foot, that is not exactly the way I would approach it. I think the more uh, important thing to do would be to get barefoot often and seek medical advice for sure because that's not a joke. That's, that's a tough, tough thing to contend with on your own. And we've got a couple other callers here, so... Since we don't have a live mic on, should I give her a live mic or does she ask not to? Let me see if I can pull her up anyway. Who do I have here? Hello? Hello? Hi. Who is this? This is Jessica. Jessica what? Mary Noble. Okay, hi, Jessica. I never met you. So we're talking about you. 
And I, I just yeah. hate <laughs> I hate going through this conversation about you without you having a chance to really talk about it. Have you had this diagnosed? Have you seen a doctor to find out that it's in fact a Morton neuroma? I have. Last year I actually saw a doctor um prior to doing a marathon and um at that point kind of the uh steroid shot was pretty much all I could do um to get through that. And as long as I'm staying below about three miles, it's okay. But it's just when I start training for longer runs that it starts flaring back up again. Have you had anybody look at the way you run? I have, but not specifically for that. Okay, so let me just kind of give you what I'm thinking. Uh, Morton's neuroma is a trauma injury. And if you are heel striking and slapping your foot down as you stride, that repetitive mm-hmm. trauma will start to lend you towards those types of injuries. And what I'm suggesting is that it's going to be a tough thing to get rid of if you don't make an adjustment to the way you're moving. So okay. I would highly, rec- I highly recommend that you have somebody that has some good experience in running mechanics that can advise you and find out if, in fact, that is the problem. Because I have to share with you that nine out of ten times when I meet with people that are having reoccurring injuries from running, it always mm-hmm. stems from the way they run. It's not a function of the shoe selection. So I would go there first because what it's telling me is that when you say you can get up to about three miles after you've kind of recovered a little bit, anything beyond that starts to be problematic. It's the repetitive trauma that's starting to, to rear its ugly head again. So there's something something amiss in the way you're running. Okay. Where do you live? In Virginia. Okay. Uh, I don't have any plans to be in Virginia anytime soon, but I can tell you I'm going to be in New Jersey doing a clinic in New Jersey and Pennsylvania at the end of the year, and I know you don't want to wait that long. Um, but... Whether you do something with me, do something with someone else, find somebody, speak with somebody that gets it, that understands running mechanics, and that can help you. Because I, I'll, I'll bet you, I'll bet you a ton that you can get past this. And let, let me just go a step further. I've got a client that is, well, she came to me when she was about uh, 64 years old, and she was suffering with the same type of ailment. And she'd been to podiatrists. She's had MRIs done. And everybody wanted to put it in her boot. Did they stick you in a boot? No. They tried this out and then said basically the only other option beyond that was to surgery. <laughs> that means just staying out way too long. So. Yeah. Well, no. You don't want any surgical intervention. You certainly don't want any more cortisone shots. Um, no. I would highly recommend, again, that you, you have somebody look at you. Because, anyway, I took this woman out of the boot. I actually put a piece of um, oak about, um, I'm not real good with dimensions. I want to say it's probably about an eighth of an inch thick, hard oak mm-hmm. veneer under her insole in her shoe, a zero-drop shoe, and shaved it to fashion the size of the ball of her foot. And mm-hmm. I had her running again in about two weeks. The doctor wanted her okay. in the boot for, for eight. 
Oh, wow. We pulled her out of the, yeah, we pulled her out of the boot, and she's running the New York Marathon here coming up. And at this point, she is 67 years old, and we haven't had a look back at that type of injury since I met her. And I, I've been wow. working with her ever since. Yeah, so uh, it's definitely something that you could correct, and it was definitely tied to the way she was running. So what uh-huh. we did is we, we altered her gait. We got her to understand what she needed to do to correct her gait. And then after we corrected her gait, we, we uh, put a little stiffer appliance in the shoe. Nothing to be, well, I guess it would be construed as an orthotic, but all I did was just put something firmer beneath her foot so that her foot didn't get a chance to deal with that vibration while she was running. And okay. she's, cured. she's cured. She's good. Okay. Yeah, I had tried the Newton running shoe um, kind of with the same thought of helping me not, I guess not heel strike, but also giving me some extra cushion right there under the ball of my foot. Um, you don't, you don't want cushion still... under the ball of your foot. You really don't. I mean, okay. it seems like that's, that's what you would want, but you don't. You don't want a cushion under your foot. That's just going to make things worse. Uh, did the okay. Newtons that you bought, did they have pronounced lugs underneath them? Um, it's the smallest. I forget their their numbering system, but it's the smallest of them. So the lugs aren't very pronounced? Yeah, it's not not very pronounced. Good. I don't remember if it's a one or a three, but <laughs> whichever one is the smaller end of the scale there. I, I've been away from Newton for quite a long time. Um, we had a falling out some years ago. I won't go into that, but um, I found that the, the Newtons are not a solution to correct poor mechanics. Uh, I used to believe that they were kind of a training shoe to get people to feel that they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, my next door neighbor is running and it's crazy because she runs right by me while I'm doing video analysis on athletes here. And she heel stri- <laughs> and she heel strikes in her Newtons. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and and she's got her husband doing it, and got her daughter doing it, and they're all beating themselves up wearing Newtons on uh, on their heels. So, the the I got to tell you, there is no shoe, mind you, there's no shoe that can correct running flaws. A shoe should do nothing more than protect your foot from the environment that you're running on, and okay. that means to keep things from sticking into your foot, giving you a bone bruise, that kind of thing. But and I'm not suggesting you run off and just get rid of your shoes and start running barefoot. But you definitely, I said it a couple of times, I'll say it one more time. You have to have somebody look at the way you're moving because if you don't correct the way you're moving, this is going to be just one thing after another you're going through. And the more times you get these cortisone shots, the worse it's going to be for you. Okay. So, Rich, we've um, got another question. Yeah. Uh, um, let me just finish Paul. this real quick. Yeah, let me let me okay, get him gotcha. on the line real quick. But uh, real quick, let me just say this, Jessica. If you want to reach out to me privately, you can do that by going to naturalrunningcoach.net okay. and just drop me an e- drop me an email. And I do okay. have I do have some options there for you. And offline and off this show, we can discuss them. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you so very much. Best of luck to you. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and find out what Paul's got to say. Give him a live mic. All right. So, Paul. Paul. uh... Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing 
What, you know what? If I was better, I'd have to be twins. <laughs> Good answer. How are you, Paul? Very well, thank you. What can we do for you today? Okay, so um, newbie at the whole OCR community, um, been running the, about a year now doing races and just getting more and more addicted as we go. Um, I was fortunate enough to get my coin. I'm going to Tahoe in a couple of weeks. It's been an awesome season so far. Um, getting ready to turn 47 in about another month or so. A little concerned about the venue at Tahoe, though, with the elevation change. You know, I'm, I, I live at sea level, basically. I live near the beach out in Connecticut. And there's, like, zero elevation. Um, so my, my concern was, you know, going out to Tahoe, is there any tips that you could give, you know, a guy living at sea level who's going out there to Tahoe? I'm only going to be out there a couple of days prior to the race, so there's really not going to be any acclimation going on um i don't know just anything i should be prepared for anything i could uh do to help uh improve my performance out there yes okay so a couple of things first of all paul um i heard about you no um oh, good. i was talking good. to one of your friends and they said you got to watch out for this paul how do you pronounce your last name paul it's Trehearn. people say Trehearn, yeah. but it's Trehearn. Yeah, that's why I asked first. So I wanted to make sure I was talking to the right guy. But, yes, I heard about you, and I knew that you were 47 years old, and I heard you're doing pretty well. And uh, and I also Brilliant. know that you're, attend- you're going to attend my clinic, right? Yeah, I, I, I just signed up. I did, yeah. Excellent. Cool. All right, so, look, here's what you got to do. And, by the way, I wrote a piece on this very topic, and I put it out there to my Yancey Camp athletes. And let me just serve it up to you right now while we're having this conversation. The enemy at altitude is your VO2 score. How much oxygen your body's able to process relative to your weight in kilos of body weight per minute. That's what your VO2 score represents. In other words, your VO2 max. It's the maximum amount of oxygen your body can process. And when you start to eliminate the oxygen content from the environment and the pressure gradients start to change and all this stuff starts happening, it starts to degrade your oxygen uptake. So to give you an example of what this means, let's say that, for example, you're a pretty good athlete and I test you and your VO2 score is 60. Now that number, just to make sure you understand it, that number represents how many milliliters of oxygen your body can process per kilo of body weight per minute. And the higher the number is, the more capable you are. So when you get to altitude, for every 1,000 feet of gain in altitude, you lose about 10% of your VO2. And now realize that when you – excuse me, it's not – it's 1,000 meters. So for 1,000 meters, you lose 10%. So you're going to climb upwards of – to the peak of that, that mountain is going to get very close to 9,000 feet. So that's going to cause you to lose upwards of 25% of your VO2 max. So let me kind of put that in perspective for you. If you were to visit the mountain with a VO2 score of 60, 
that would be like you're coming at the uh, that the mountain as a 25 year old young stud, and by the time you get to the top of the mountain, you're a 50 year old deconditioned man, and you're and you're still having to face the same challenges, right? So anything that you can do to improve your VO2 score between now and that race is of paramount concern. Um, and then the other thing is the aerobic potential. How much can you improve your aerobic metabolism between now and then? And incidentally, this should always be part of your training. And quite frankly, it should represent about 60 to 70% of your training. And aerobic training is when you're holding your heart rate down below or what I like to refer to as your aerobic threshold. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's just kind of do some math here for a second. You're uh, 47 years old. If we're to subtract um, your age from 180, that would put you at about 100 and what? Help me out, Sean. You're the smart guy in the room. About 133. 133. So that means that the majority of your training should occur at about 133 beats per minute on average. That's good. Okay. And then the balance of your training should occur as interval repeats, high-intensity, short-duration intervals. High-intensity, short-duration intervals go a long way to developing your cardiac output. So, in other words, this is your, your pump, your, your, your heart. And so those short, high-intensity exercises are going to really develop your VO2, which is what happens when you're developing your pump. And the reception the irrigation system, which is your, your cardiovascular system throughout your body, is developed more profusely when you're at this lower intensity. So there's basically two things you want to do. And if you do like most people I meet do, which is live in the middle, somewhere between, let's, say, let's just say you hover around 145 or 150 beats per minute for most of your training, you're not doing what you need to do to influence your VO2 max, and you're not doing what you need to do to influence your aerobic potential. You're just kind of stuck in the mud. It's a good treatment yeah. for, for your fitness from a standpoint in, of improving your performance. You're kind of leaving the high end and the low end off the table. So I guess what I would do since you have just a few, just a few days left, really, when it gets down to it, is I would try to throw in – one really long workout and really long to me means about 90 minutes of interval yep. work. Okay. Now when I say long, an hour and a half doesn't seem like a long time, but if you're, if you're doing high intensity hmm. intervals for that duration, that's a long time. So I would, well, yeah, I do, I do Yancey camp now and, and that's basically our, our, our scheduled workouts that, that we have during the week. We're running about 90 minutes. In, so I'm right, I'm right there with you. Paul, can you get closer to the mic? You're starting to get muddy. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I said I, I'm a Yancey camp uh, member now. and The workouts that we do each week, you know, we're running about 90 minute workouts and they're pretty high intensity workouts, just like what you were stating. Well, I want to be clear. When I say high-intensity workouts, there needs to be recovery in between the interval bouts, adequate recovery between the interval bouts. 
if you just go out hard for 90 minutes, your performance degrades over time and your functionality starts to degrade over time. And what ends up happening is you're no longer producing the same intensity of work that you began with. So uh, are you, are you signed up with me? No, actually um, I'm with Nat right now. Okay. All right. Well, look, I've got a workout that I've given to my people. It's called the big five. And the big five is five minute interval repeats. So you find a length of hill that you're going to climb, not something that you have to trudge up because you can't run it, but a hill with an elevation that you can run up for five minutes. And you go up that hill as hard as you can for five minutes. And then you walk down, recover completely, allow your heart rate to come back down to, uh, say, in your case, about 120 beats per minute before you perform the next interval. And then that's going to allow you to produce a great deal of intensity every repetition you take. And that's a, that's a complete departure from just going out and going hard for 90 minutes. Got it. And it's going to make a big difference, by the way. And by the way, so when you're gonna... saying like, excuse me, when you, when you said like making, making sure you have adequate recovery time, like, what are you talking? So, I mean, like you said, five minutes, you're going hard, and you're giving the same amount of recovery time or, or just half that no, no, no. recovery time? You're, you're going to allow your heart rate to dictate whether or not you're recovered. Okay. So, it's not time, it's heart rate. Exactly. Because I don't care what your heart rate is on the way up. Obviously, you're going to go up as hard as you can, and you're going to try to go as hard as you can for that five minutes. If you walk back down the hill – and then you get to the bottom of the hill and your heart rate is at 120 beats per minute, then it's time to go back up again. If you get to the bottom of the hill and you still need to get down to 120 beats per minute, so be it. Whatever length of time it takes, you wait. Because the heart rate is a good indication that you've gotten to a better place and you're capable of producing better work again. If you just stay after the intensity, you're going to start slowing down and your, your force production is going to start falling off and you're not going to get the same type of workout that you were getting. So I absolutely, absolutely recommend you do those intervals. All right, that's good. Wait, right, and, uh, we, yeah, yep. Yeah. We, we got well, another caller, and it's a favorite of yours. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Hi, Richard, Paul, thank, thank you, you so much, much for the call. You're welcome to advice. hang on and pay attention if you like. Yeah, no, I will. And I'll, I'll see you in Jersey soon. All right, brother. Best of luck to you at uh, Tahoe. Thank you. Good. Miss Daisy. Hey, Richard. How you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just finished working. I pushed uh, pushed my day along so I could get on. I like that. Yep, 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 yep. So, do you miss um, me? I do miss you. I do miss you. I, um, that's why I had to make sure that I got on today. I had to I'm hear that annoying voice ringing yeah. in my ear, actually. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's exactly the way I remember it. Mm-hmm. I may have to hang yeah. up. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how's uh-huh. it going? Things are good. Things are good. I've been, uh, I've been following you as much as I could. Um, I have done some barefoot training. Um, actually, sometimes when I didn't mean to, I – 
um, I ended up uh, running home um, from the beach about three and a half miles on concrete, and that was not my smartest decision. But, um, what you know, barefoot running is uh, – oh, tore up my feet. Tore them up. It was – you know, the beach is one thing to run on, but, uh, you know, the, the asphalt is not as forgiving. Um, but I got it done, and, uh, you know, I've been I've been really – concentrating on getting my knees up. I've been uh, following all your rules. Um, I've been keeping my heart rate down and I've actually increased my speed now. So I want to be faster. So my question is um, trying to keep all your rules in effect. What is the best way for me to start adding speed in there? Would it be the fart licks? Would it be interval training? Um, how do you, how do you think I should get, that I can start smashing my uh, my PRs. Okay, good questions. Let's start by <laughs> just addressing this barefoot thing for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, never, ever, ever would I tell you to run three miles blindly home over pavement and concrete barefoot. Oh, that was stupidity. So, that wasn't you. No, no, that was yeah. That was yeah, the I just fact want to make that, that was, clear. Yeah, no, that was I had um, I had flip flops and a bike and. Um, I had some weak guys that didn't want to walk at home. So I told them that I would run home. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause you know what? I try to be a good person and where does it get me? <laughs> Listen, it never, never works out. You know, you just no. can't, you got to please yourself. I'm just telling you right now. I, you know what? Number one, I got to look out. I, I don't know. I let it, I let it slip for a second there. Okay. So let me just kind of bring you back. When we were uh, at Killington, mm-hmm. and we were on the field, yeah, and we were doing these repeats, and I was trying to bring yep. you guys up to speed without making mistakes. Remember that? Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So I refer to that type of work as motor skill development drills. Yes. And your speed should not be a result of effort. Uh, clearly, you're going to have to put some effort in it to get speed, but. Well, I have noticed, I I have started to notice that. I started noticing, like, yesterday, you know, doing the Yancey camp, um, yesterday I was doing the fartlicks, and and I was noticing that I was going from my easy tempo to an above, you know, like a almost tempo, and then to above tempo. And really, my heart rate did not, I mean, normally it would shoot through the roof, and I stayed pretty solid. I was, you know, when I look back at my numbers, I'm like, Hey, who, who is this girl? You know, it was, it was nice to see that my effort didn't increase that much and the speed went exponentially higher. Okay. So let me, let me just kind of regurgitate this again for you. Okay. First of all, using the, the metronome and chasing mm-hmm. that 180 strides per minute yep. is mm-hmm. in training you to, how frequently you make contact with the ground. And if your contact with the ground is precise, near your center of mass, really hitting Mm -hmm. the sweet spot on the midfoot, getting Mm -hmm. to a point where you become very, very stable because you allowed your heel to touch down, your force Mm -hmm. production is going to drive you forward through space. So you're going to cover more distance relative to the frequency of the stride. That is where the money is. That is where everybody has a, such a hard time finding this speed in the way that I try to teach it. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself 
trying to achieve speed by turning your legs over in violation of that, that governor that I've suggested for you, that 180 strides per minute, uh-huh. you start getting uh-huh. yourself into trouble. You're going down uh-huh. the wrong path. Because then what happens is the lactic acid buildup starts to shut you down. Your heart rate yep. goes through the roof, which is producing that lactate. And then yep. you get into a real, you, you're, you're like, you're shopping in the wrong department. I tell people all the time, like we want to pay. I like to shop. I get it. But you want to pay wholesale, right? No. Wholesale. Oh, yeah, yes, I do. Yes. You don't want to pay retail. And I, yeah. and I tell you, see, I know how to talk to women. Yes, you do. You go, you're a charmer here. <laughs> You've got to you've got to stop paying retail. Retail to me is when you're chasing your buddy and you start turning your legs over faster than they are to catch them, and then the cost of work exponentially goes way way up, and it starts to shut you down. That's a yeah. really bad bad move. And so, at the end of the day, I know we're you're are you coming right? Uh, you're going to come to my clinic in in Jersey or one of those places. Um, ninety-eight percent sure. I got to make sure Morgan's driving me. She's going. <laughs> yes, I know she's going. Yeah, I just. Look, uh, dude, I'm ninety-eight. You better, you better show up. I made a special concession <laughs> for you. You remember? Yes, yes, I cannot forget that. Again, your voice is always in my ear, so I do remember that. I made a special concession for you. You don't show up. You're just dumb. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And I, and you already told me you're not, so no, I'm definitely that. not. Yeah. Yeah, but are you going to uh, World Championships? I sure am. I just put a really cool picture up on my Facebook page that I got made, so it's it's, it's on Facebook. It's real. Oh, I did. No, I'm talking about Tahoe. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. No, no, I no, I. Re- you know what? I actually think waxing my eyebrows off would be more enjoyable than going to Tahoe right now. I. <laughs> I do try. not. No, I don't want to try it. No, you know what? The the whole elevation thing. You know, I I don't have enough time to get acclimated to to that um, that higher altitude. I, I just I, I don't want to suffer like that. Well, uh, first of all, I think that the the fear of being acclimated is overdone. Okay. And, and I know Paul's still listening. He's not not on a live mic, but I'm going to say it so he can hear it too. Okay. Getting there a few days earlier is not in your favor. If you can't no? be there two, if you can't be there two weeks yeah. early, yeah, it's just not worth doing. And I doing. can't. Yeah, yeah, that's exact, and that's what I've heard. I, I had friends that went last year, and they went a week early, and they said, "I wish I was here just a couple more days because I was, you know, by the end, I guess they stayed for a couple days after, and they by that end, they really were starting to feel, they were feeling okay by then, and um, and you know what I. I, I want I want to do too many things to then spend two weeks in Tahoe. Um, just doesn't fit in in the um, in the equation. So if All I right, can't well, do I it right, you. I, I don't want to. Ask do it. It. Yeah, no, no. But if I don't, if I can't do it right, I don't want to do it. So, so that's why do, I I come to the best. That's why I went to the best. You're going to the OCR right? championships. Yep. Yes. And yep. OCR. So, uh, which events are you doing? Or are you going to try to do them all? I'm going to do them all. Yep. Yep. Signed up for everything. You. I know. So there, I believe there is a, it's a 3K, 15K, and a team race. Team right. race and a charity race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my team's okay. called Buns and Guns. We're awesome. Nice. Watermelon. <laughs> yes, yes, we have watermelon going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Sean does it. Sean's never heard that before. 
Oh, Sean, that's that's a night of um, of whiskey and wine and great story. Yep. Sounds like it missed out. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, that it was, was a good great time. trip. Yeah, yeah, that was really yeah. that was an awesome trip. We were supposed to do a show to recap that trip and we never did it. You dropped the ball, Richard. I was I was right there. I gave you great things to talk about. I, I, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Just, I know, I know too. I just waited after, and waited patiently and waited. I got left yeah. in the corner. Yeah. Sad. Well, look, at one thing after another gets in my way, and it's just really a nightmare sometimes to be in. Yeah. Nah, you know what? At least we're busy. Thank God for that. Yeah. So yeah. which uh, which event are you going to go to, or are you going to go to both? Are you going to go to Jersey, or are you going to go to um, Philadelphia? But now, when is Philly? Did the you next figure weekend. out that's the week the weekend? I, I think that's a little too close to Christmas. Um, I'm going to do Jersey. Plus, Jersey's closer for me anyway. So, um, Jersey, I can probably because it's Mawa, New Jersey. I don't know. Oh, I, you're just I, I going. Apologize. You're like me. See, we're going to be driving Miss Daisy there. See, see, you'll just show up just like I, I do in every up. single race. Yep, smile. My wife doesn't good. Even hold my own ticket. You know, I get on the plane. It's like a little kid. It's like I got my name tag on my shirt. <laughs> Why do you think I'm I got the name? Why do you think I got the name? Jen calls me up. She says, "Listen, this is our. This is the ticket you have to buy. I got the car, or I got the car. Just get in." Okay. She puts the uh, the address in, and we go. And I uh, smile, and yeah, you, make some nice conversation, go. make her yep. laugh for you know five hours, and. And I paid my bill. Beers. Not while we're you driving. The- we are responsible human beings. <laughs> the oh wine gets God. opened as soon as we pull in, but that's beside the point. That's a whole different story. All right. So let me just kind of tell you something that nobody knows. All right. Okay. And keep it a secret, okay? Nobody gets okay. to find this out. No. No. Um, when I go to Jersey, after we're done with the Jersey Clinic, yep. we're planning. It's not in writing yet, but we're planning to do some supplemental training during the week between uh, the the events. Okay, that I you so know what if for any for that two percent reason I cannot make it, I will definitely uh, weeks you know weekdays are are much easier for me. Um, but like I said, ninety eight percent sure. But I definitely definitely am interested in um, in doing some supplemental stuff during the week. But don't tell anyone. It's just going to be us, right? Yeah. I want that one-on-one well, training. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. You know what? You know what? I got. I got to try. I got to try to get one-on-one training here. You can get it. I got to. I got to try to beat Cali. I got to try to beat Cali. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm serving up one-on-one training here. You just got to come get it. Okay. Well, like I said, if, if during the um, if we figure out when the SoCal, um, the the so the first SoCal race, I think I'm coming out for. So, um, you mean next year? I'm hope- yeah, in eighteen. Yeah. So I don't know if they um, they announced that one yet, but I actually have um, talked to a bunch of peeps about maybe coming out there for that. So and then you know, we would all cool read. We get all you guys to to chip in like five dollars each, and mm-hmm. fly me out to uh, the World Championships in Canada. Ah, uh, ah, that that could be uh, that could be fun. 
Or maybe you could pay for my trip. Maybe you could pay for my trip. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say next. Ah, okay, yeah. Huh. I could wear a shirt that says um, Richard Diaz, um, you know, human performance training. I could wear it. Yeah. That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, go fund me. Yeah, you know, you got to ask, Sean. If you don't ask, you don't get. So Squeaky wheel I've, I've learned this. Oh, I, I've <laughs> seen a few. You know, it's funny. I've already seen a few for world championships. And, and you know, uh, $2 is better than $0. So. Uh, you know what? Yeah, exactly. So, Sean, what are you going to? Are you going to um, I'm going to world championships or... as well. Yeah, I'm not going to Tahoe. Going to world championships, uh, doing the 15K and the team race. So. Oh, okay. No 3K? Yeah, no 3K. No, I'm not. I I I I specialize. I try to specialize in the longer. That distance okay. is, is my favorite. So. Yeah, I I just heard that the 3K was good just to really practice um, all the obstacles on. So. Well, it's funny. It, it, I don't know if you saw the pictures from U.S. Championship, but I, yep. I it was just like a comedy of people that just ripped their hands the first day, and then yeah. oh let, let's let's go after the full course on you know yeah. Saturday, and I I don't know if they even had a hand to leave the the park. But yeah. Yeah. It was, no. uh, it was pretty rough. Kenya, um, back to back. Um, I think that those were supers. I think Virginia was back to back supers and, um, I was really doing well. Um, I, somebody was saying I was definitely like, I think first or second. And then I got onto the twister, which I don't know if you did Virginia, but it was right at the very, very end. I see all the, you know, like all the guys that finished before me or cheering me on. And I got to that twister and I got to the last three and flipped and ripped my hands, both hands, something fierce. Then you have to do your 30 burpees. Of course, I forgot. Um, I was, I miscounted because I think I was crying. Um, you know, like every time I would jump down, the, the dirt would get in there, the, 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 um, oh, yeah. the stalks. It was horrible. Um, I finished. Obviously, I missed four burpees because I got a two-minute penalty. And, yeah, and then I had to race it the next day. <laughs> I was like, well, this is not did you go? Uh, did you go backwards on the twister? I don't. I'm going to actually try it. I'm going up yeah. to Killington um, on Friday, and I'm going to I'm going to practice it there. I um I tried it a tiny bit at Palmerton. Um, you could ask Richard what I think about Palmerton. Um, but oh, yeah. um, she thinks it's a dirty whore. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's funny you say that because I did Palmerton as well, and the only obstacle I failed was the tire flip, and I did the twister at the end, and I was dreading it because I didn't do backwards beforehand. I was like. This is going to suck. Yep. And then uh-huh. I did it and I completed that thing in like 10 seconds and yeah. it was just super easy. And I was just like, wow, this really has yeah. merit, you know? So, well, you know what? I tried it at Palmerton backwards and I got like a quarter way through it or a third of the way through it. And I said, you know what? I'm just a little afraid. I don't want to rip my hands up. And then, you know, of course at the race, I'm running elite and I'm like a nervous freaking wreck and I'm trying to just eat the course up and, yeah, fell right off. I was because you just you get nervous. Um, so um, I, I think when I go to Pillington, that's going to be the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to um, I'm going to just uh, spend some time playing on that thing. Try to get it uh, backwards. I mean, I've got it now. If I do forward, I can't do side sideways because then I then I fall off. It's too slow so. sideways. Uh, really? Yeah, that and you're on the you're on the bars way you, too long. Yeah, you're just on the bar and you're sapping your grip strength. And depending on 
where, where it is in the race, you know, what, what if twister is one of the first obstacles you, you know, you're just on it, you're sapping your grip yeah. strength for the rest of the race. Yeah. So, or uh, let's put it, let's put it opposite. If it's at the end of the race, you're totally taxed. I mean, in, um, yeah. in Boston, Boston or West Point, I can't remember. Oh, no, West Point, one of them, I don't know. But they had it right after the bucket carry. That's a good place for it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because um, your grip strength's not destroyed already. But um, Well, that's what Ponderson yeah. had. I mean, yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. That's why it has that nice name. That's why it's <laughs> the dirty whore. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, when I said know, that. I, I forget the movie. There was a movie that uh, this guy kept going, The Dirty Whores! That dirty horse. <laughs> and it seemed like you guys got fixated on everything that wasn't working for you was a dirty whore. <laughs> and, oh, and that, was well, that was for your benefit. That was for your benefit. Yeah. And, you know, guys See, don't like to hear that because that almost <laughs> that almost sounds like angst, like you, you caught your husband or boyfriend in a whorehouse. No. No, yeah. it was just the mountain. It's just the mountain. Okay. Um, but, Sean, it don't, don't let him – don't let them fool you because we were there. We were all having a good time at the barbecue on Friday night. And once he heard me say that, he decided we were going to be good friends right then and there. He's like, I like you. <laughs> I like you. Uh-huh. I think you need to put that in the clinic bio. It's like <laughs> nights are fun, you know, or something like that, just to add, you know, more, more pizzazz. Yeah, that, uh, that gives it a little oomph, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, so. I, I've, I've said it. I've said it many, many times that people, when you say, "Hey, Bob, we're going to go do this race. You want to come?" Yeah, man. Yeah, they can't wait because they yeah. know what it feels like to go do a race, and the, you know, the getting together with their friends and la 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 la. It's just such a hoot. You tell and somebody, hey, I'm going, to clinic, "Going to a clinic? Yeah. Oh man, what's wrong with you? Do you, you yeah, you, you got AIDS or something? What's wrong with you? Yeah." <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so yeah. it doesn't sound like much fun. Yeah. But it's like um, another movie I saw where they were, they were uh, calling choir practice. They tell the wives that they're going to choir practice, but the guys are really going out to have a really good time. So the uh, clinic uh, is like that. It's like choir practice. We we get some work done, but we had a really good time. I mean, don't at the end of the day. Don't tell people. I, I told them I actually was working. Don't tell them we had a good time. I mean, we do, right? It was it's like yeah, uh, we did. It was yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I think um, I think the most valuable part. I mean, the whole thing was awesome. I learned so much. Um, I feel like I've improved my running tenfold. Um, you know, my knees. Not, I don't have the pain in my knee anymore. Um, well, maybe a little bit. Let me not lie. But um, but I, I really got so much out of it. But you know, like. The, the VO2 test and the, and the clinic and all that kind of stuff. But I think what the most important part was, and, you know, like I've, I've, I've mentioned this to so many people, they're like, well, maybe I'll just show up like late and get into my VO2 and then go, no, no, you have to just sit and listen. And that, that's where a lot of the magic was going on. I mean, you hear all these things that you were talking about, all these, these things that you gave, like stories you gave and, and, and just, nuggets that you were saying all throughout the whole, you know, that just was the cool thing about the whole thing too. Just learning what you were, what you were free to give us. So that was, uh, that was one of my favorite parts. Well, I, I got to tell you, I have no capacity to organize thought. So I, I just tell. stuff, yeah. stuff just fuse <laughs> out of me and it's mm-hmm. all good. It's just, it's yeah. random. 
And yeah, exactly. You know, that was the fun part about it. You didn't know what was coming out. It just, um, it was just great nuggets. It was, um, it was, it was one of the greatest, the greatest things that I've done in my race. It's definitely the greatest thing I've done in my racing. So, and um, my wife, uh, who's been with me for 17 years now, has been to every clinic I've ever done, and every training I've ever given, and every lecture I've ever done, and she never knows what the heck I'm going to say. <laughs> And yeah, if so, sure. if you were like, if you're like standing with her, like before it's going to go off and you asked her, say, so what's he going to do? She just said, I have no freaking idea what he's going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't either. So that's just how I yeah. roll. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of the same way. It's a, that's why, that's why I was a little afraid when we talked about doing um, one of these things um, after Vermont, because you don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to say. It's, it's a surprise. So um and I'm not always um, censored, so we, you know, we have to watch these things. But well, this um, is I think I was well behaved today. I was well. I was well behaved. Yeah, you have, you've been you've been a good uh-huh. girl. Thank um, you. I so I think you should give a shout out. We're gonna we're gonna shut this thing down because I'm running out of stuff to talk about. But let's okay. let's give a shout out to your folks in the Spartan 4.0. By the way, let me say something about that. What a group, man! All of a sudden, we're awesome. They just jumped. Yeah on this deal um we we are like so far away from december and the thing's already just about sold out for testing i think we've only got like a hello hello go ahead i'm sorry um i was going to say that we we only have but a few slots left for testing in Mm -hmm. jersey and philadelphia sold out wow you know what i'm going to tell you about it richard um if I could sell, if I believe in something, I could sell it. And when we came back from, um, when we came back from Killington, um, you know, I just, I don't, I'm not usually quiet. I don't know if you've noticed that about me. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't think you did, but I really, I really like to talk and um, about it. And I, it was just such a great experience and I'm so glad I did it. And, you know, and everybody in for you know, like I just, you know, I kept putting pictures up and we put things up and talked about it and, um, you know, new PRs and that kind of stuff. And the nice thing about uh, 4.0, which is just such a great group, um, but it's such a positive group and, you know, we don't, we don't deal with any negative shit on there. Um, it's all just really positive stuff. And, and people tend to trust us because it's not just trolls and it's not just stupid you know, shit that goes on there. It's, it's, you know, people putting, you know, real things in there, real, um, real transformation stories, real, you know, so it's a believable site, you know, like, like we're doing that strides for Houston. I don't know if you saw it, but we're raising money for, um, for the people in Houston. We, we created a virtual run and I mean, we had hundreds of people sign up for it, you know, it's a trustworthy group. So it's, um, so, you know, when they hear me talk about it, Jen talk about it, Annie and and um, and Kevin talking about it, and Crystal talking about it, and Laura talking about it. You know, you know that it's it's got to be something pretty amazing. So, um, so yeah, I, I I'm not shocked. You know, when when Amir called me about it, he said, you know, what do you think? Do you think we could fill it up? And I said, Amir, with the people that I just talked to in West Point, we have it filled up. You know, it's uh, mouth and um and everybody else has a big mouth. So. You know, they enjoyed it. It was a great experience. So hopefully you can help um, however many people you can get into Jersey and uh, Philly. 
Well, I'm looking forward to the trip. And I, yeah. I heard that you guys are going to make sure that there's no cold weather. So oh, that I can hell no. I hate the cold weather. <laughs> Good luck. But you need to Spartan up. If, if, if there is, you just got to deal with it. Sorry, yeah. we do. Whiskey. We deal with it. Because <laughs> nothing can go wrong while we're running up. around on the mountain while you're drinking whiskey. Nothing. You Spartan up. I'm going to whiskey up. <laughs> All right. We All got right. Deal. Well, look, uh, Miss Daisy, uh, I'm very, very good to hear your voice again, and I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing you. You make sure that you figure this crap out. Don't give me this wishy-washy, well, maybe during the week I can do it. I don't know, maybe not Pennsylvania, but maybe Jersey, but my weekends are kind of tough. That's pretty close to Christmas. You know, I don't want to hear any of that crap. Just show up. Okay. Uh, show um, the F up. Not I'm just going to tell you, I was just starting to get your freaking voice out of my ear. That shit yeah, is right back. back in there. Son of a damn you. Yeah, Those hill well. repeats I did today, and then the sad thing is, is I did so many hill repeats today. Um, and then, of course, you come on to the show, and the first thing I hear is you talking about hill repeats. Yep. yep. Well, listen. Okay. You yep. just get your little cow. I'm going to talk to Jennifer. If she's got to gag you and, and, and bind you, <laughs> um, that's going down. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm down for that. I can handle that. All right. Okay. Very cool. So, All right. Sean, so good. This, thank you so much, Miss Daisy. Thank you. And wait, and Sean, will you be in Jersey? Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's funny you say that because I, my family lives in Staten Island, but I'm actually running a marathon in Dallas on uh, that day. Of oh, the good clinic, for you. So, good yeah, for you. So, okay. Well, uh, I will make sure that we meet in um, uh, Canada. Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I'll be the one with the hands you. behind my back with the uh, with the police following me. But just don't tell Richard. OK, <laughs> no, I'm going to be well behaved, I promise. All right. All so right. I will see you in Canada and Richard, I will see you in December. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. You bet. All right, Sean, I think it's about time we put a wrap on this. This is our first live show of 2017. May very well be our last, but what do you think? Did you, did you find this to be entertaining? Absolutely. I think it's always great to get perspectives from, I mean, you see our last guest to our first guest. Uh, everybody in the OCR community is very amped, excited right now, and they have a lot of great questions. And I think, especially with Tahoe, I know Tahoe is a lot of the big conversation. It's always good to talk about it with uh good OCR athletes and, and get their perspective. So I, I had a ton of fun. Well, yeah, I think so too. And I, again, I've, I used to do these shows live all the time and uh, it doesn't sound as pretty as what it does when I have it nice and clean, but it is what it is. But uh, uh, just final words, going to be in New Jersey. It's uh, December 9th and 10th. And the following week, weekend, we're going to be in Philadelphia for 16th and 17th doing the clinic. Anybody that's interested in knowing anything about that, they can go to naturalrunningcoach.net, naturalrunningcoach.net. And for West Coasters, turns out that I'm going to be in San Diego. I'm going to do uh, indoor seminar slash training at Just Go Lift which is in San Diego. 
with Samantha, Samantha Joe Ward and her uh, her boyfriend just opened that place and they've asked me to come. So uh, I'm getting around. But uh, anyway, we're going to put a fork in this thing. Sean, thank you so much for your due diligence and uh, you have an amazing day. You too. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.